Hey guys, and welcome. I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis. It's time for you to stop coasting through life, and it's time for you to find your purpose. It's time for you to create your fate. Want to go to Greece together? No, seriously. How about the spring of 2023? That's right. My favorite yogi, Jose Portillo, and I are back. We are hosting our first international yoga wellness life coaching retreat in Greece. And you can pre-register to be one of the first people to apply. We are only taking 10 people and I would love for you to be one of them. So to stay in the know, visit www.letscreateyourfate.com and get on that list to apply. See you in Greece. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today for the Create Your Fate podcast. I have an amazing, amazing, amazing gift for you today. Josie Scott is here with me today. How are you, Josie? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing so wonderful. We are connecting. You are out of LA, so we are on Zoom here. Um, You are an actress, a singer, a dancer, a content creator. You do it all. And I am so... um, so happy that you are on the show with me today. I met you out in LA when I was there because you live there now. You're from Ohio. Yes. Um, I saw you, what was that, August or September, I think, when I mm-hmm. went to the, I was going to this Mind Body Bold conference and you were there as a performer. And I want to um, just briefly talk about the performance. You, you um, perform with a group called the Rolettes, which I absolutely um, was one of the most inspiring performances I've ever ever seen um and I want to just go back into this just a little bit um and and just talk about it briefly but at the age of 20 you became paralyzed by sustaining a t12 spinal cord injury when your family survived a plane crash Mm -hmm. yeah so that is uh, amazing um that the you survived a plane crash that's just mm-hmm. wow. Um, so just tell me briefly a little bit about that experience and, and what happened immediately after that. Yeah, so it was a freak accident. I have grown up flying with my dad um, pretty much as, as early as I can remember. I've been flying with him and it was just a routine. We were flying to pick up my sister from camp. Wow. And um my dad realized that we were running out of fuel and went to make a urgent landing yeah. at the nearest airport in New York. And um, we landed in a field about two miles short of the runway. Wow. Yeah. So we are all just so grateful to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First and foremost, just lucky to be alive and grateful that we all still have each other mm-hmm. so every, um, everybody survived the plane crash yes and that yes. yeah wow what a miracle yes there were four of us and thankfully we all survived um my dad had some head trauma but has fully recovered mm-hmm. which we're so grateful for and i when we landed i immediately knew that something was wrong because mm-hmm. i went to get up and i couldn't wow so at first like you're you're brain just goes into shock right because barring the accident what had just happened then I couldn't move and I just remember shutting down Mm -hmm. and just trying to survive that experience like emotionally yeah and um so I went to the hospital I had a 
about eight hour surgery um, to fuse my spine um, to heal, help my back heal and um, get rid of some of the internal bleeding. But that was my only injury, mm-hmm. the back injury, which they were shocked by. Yeah. Um, but I went through months, two years actually, of physical therapy just to gain my independence back. Mm-hmm. You know, you see in the movies people get paralyzed and they just kind of like bounce back really quick. Like they're like, oh, I'm going to walk again. And then they do it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not really what it's like in real life most of the time. Some people mm-hmm. are lucky enough to regain motion in their limbs, but I was not. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard thing to kind of come to terms with yeah. um, initially, especially because this was all during the onset of COVID. Mm-hmm. So that makes, yeah, that's just yeah. Uh, even just an, another added layer to that. So when you're, you know, how long did that take you to come to terms with that? What was that process like of accepting it and, and being hopeful at the same time? And what, what was that journey like? Um, well, initially I was fully like, I'm going to do whatever I can to heal whatever I can. Mm-hmm. And my mom, um, she is a doctor, a functional medicine doctor. So mm-hmm. she's kind of in this realm that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, she was a huge supporter of me. She did all this research. You know, she talked to countless doctors and therapists and different therapy techniques that are like new and up and coming. And mm-hmm. we tried so many different things. We tried, um, electrical stimulation therapy, we tried um, stem cell therapy, we tried basically everything that was accessible to us here in the States. And um, during COVID, you know, I got sent home from college after already being home for a semester Mm -hmm. to recover. Went back to college and then two months later I had to go back home. Yeah. (laughs) That That was a big bummer and that was kind of when you know, I that was when I had the time to just kind of sit there with my thoughts yeah. and be like, I'm going to keep trying. But they say, you know, two years is about when you're going to get as much back as you can. Mm-hmm. Like two years is about the healing period for nerve damage. So I said to myself, like, I'm going to give myself two years. I'm going to give it everything I've got, but I'm not going to spend my whole life working towards something that I don't know if it's going to happen because mm-hmm. there's so much more to life than physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it does not, um, take away from your purpose, you know? Right. It just, and yeah, that, I kind of came towards the end of that end of the two years. And that was when I started getting connected with the Rolettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and so I, this is yes. what I saw you, the Rolettes. So yeah. How did you get hooked up with them? Um, I, your performance was, was awesome. So tell us what the Rolettes are and, and how you got hooked up with them. Yes. So the Rolettes is a all women's wheelchair dance team. Um, and we are expanding rapidly into a women's empowerment company. Mm-hmm. And our mission is to empower women to live boundlessly and shift perspectives through dance, which is and awesome. other ways. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so the Rolette started back in 2012 mm-hmm. by a extraordinary woman named Chelsea Hill who was injured in a drunk driving accident at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. 
and she grew up in co- the competitive dance field and she knew that she wanted to continue dancing and just continue doing what she loved. So she invited um, some girls, I think there were like maybe five five to ten, some girls in wheelchairs that she knew to come to her hometown and just like they rented out a dance studio and they just danced together. And that was kind of how the Rolettes was born. Yeah. I love that story. It's so fun. I love that story. And and even just, again, um, the, you know, I have this purpose, right? It, it, it shifted, right? But it's, yeah. or maybe I'm just more enlightened to it now. But even with the Chelsea starting the roulettes, it's like, no, this is, this is my mission. This is my purpose, you know? So then mm-hmm. how did you get, you get um, tied into the roulettes? Yes. So... Back in 2012, the Rolettes started, it was very small, and um, I was injured in 2019. So mm-hmm. between 2012 and 2019, the organization grew massively, and they got a lot of like national recognition, and they became big on social media. Yeah. And so social media is how I found them, actually. Um, during the pandemic, um, I had been following Chelsea for a while. Uh, my college roommate actually had sent me her page. Mm-hmm right after my accident. I was like, oh, this girl, like, she looks really cool. Yeah. Um, like, what a cool during, thing to do. <laughs> yeah. But during the shutdown, they started doing Instagram live dance classes. And I was like, you know, I'm just sitting at home. Why not? Yeah. Why don't I just, like, log on and just see what it's all about? And I tried it. And I didn't love the format of Instagram live because it was hard to like interact with her and like ask her questions. Yes. Yeah. But you had to get real close to the screen and read all the comments. The at comments. Once. And then uh-huh. for a hot second there, it was like frozen because mm-hmm. everybody's. Tra- yeah. It was a rough time. Yeah. So I didn't love that format, but then they transitioned to Zoom. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, OK, so I like tried the Zoom class and I really liked it. I just loved like her style of choreography and like I felt. I felt like I was dancing again. Mm-hmm. So you had you I had was. also grown up dancing too. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I grew up mainly in theater, mm-hmm. but with musical theater comes dance. Right. So <laughs> I danced when I was little, little, and then transitioned more into like theater dancing. Mm-hmm. But um, performing was always a huge part of my life. Yeah. And, um, so I just watched. Not only how she continued to dance, and the other girls too, but I would look at them and I would see these women who are just living their lives unapologetically, taking it taking it in stride, mm-hmm. if you will. You know, yeah. life with a disability, you could still do whatever you want. Right, and that right. really spoke to me. Right. What had um, your thoughts been before seeing the rollouts and, and seeing this experience and participating in it? Did you feel like you would be very limited and that you I know your your mission is boundless babes, which we'll get into. But did you feel like you were not able to do all these things that you loved just because of your, you know, your accident? Yeah, you know, it was it was very overwhelming at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, when I got home from the hospital two months after the accident, my community theater that I had been with for a while reached out to me and they said, we need another ensemble member. Like, would you be interested? And I remember being so hesitant because I was like, I can barely sit up for more than like four hours at a time. Like, yeah. I don't know what this is going to look like. And they were like, you know, we're willing to figure it out with you. And that was really encouraging. And I remember my parents 
and my boyfriend, who's now my husband, Alex, yes. was so, they were all so encouraging. They were like, you just need something to get your mind off of everything that you're dealing with in your therapy. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I go. I'm such a perfectionist, but I was like, so I go and my goal is just to have fun and not worry about what it looks like. And of course, that was hard. <laughs> but I remember like doing the dance rehearsals and thinking to myself, like, it doesn't look like what everyone else is doing because I was the only wheelchair user. I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't look the same. But then I had been watching the roulettes and everything. And I was like, it doesn't have to look the same. The movement just has to translate the same. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like another language. Yeah. And that was really cool. And that really helped encourage me. But I really, I didn't fully realize my full potential, maybe because I was still healing mm-hmm. so much at the beginning, but I didn't realize my full potential until I joined the Rolettes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So you go from um, taking the classes on Zoom. How did you get hooked up with becoming a part of the team? And you're you're still living in Ohio at this point. You hadn't moved Mm -hmm. out to LA yet. Yeah. How did you transition to be a team member? Yes. So they, the Rolettes have a program called the Balanced Babe Society, and that is a mentorship program for women with disabilities. There's a teen program as well, but I was in the adult program at the time. And that's more of a personalized like mentorship program that covers different topics each month. There are monthly videos, monthly homework, and then you meet once a month with your mentors and other girls to kind of just talk about the month's topic. Mm -hmm. And so that was how I first got involved with them because it was all about achieving your goals. And I was like, I love that. And the community was like a great opportunity for me. So Mm -hmm. I joined that and I learned a lot, but Chelsea started like noticing me and um, I was taking private lessons with her as well, private dance lessons. Mm -hmm. And that was when I really like got on her radar. Yeah. And she was like, so when are you moving to LA? And I was like, uh, I don't know. You're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So um, we just continued to stay in touch. And then at the beginning of 2021, she asked me to join the team as a little sister, Mm -hmm. which the little sisters, they're part-time members of the Rolettes. So we have responsibilities on social media and you still act as a role model and um, everybody comes to the yearly Rolettes experience, but you don't have to live in LA to be a little sis. Mm -hmm. So that was what I did for the first January, August. That was what I did for the first like nine months. And then I moved to LA in September of that year. Okay. So what inspired the move to LA? I was just like, I had just graduated college in May of 2021 and I had taken an acting for the camera class. And I was like, like, I love theater. Theater will always hold a special place in my heart, but I kind of fell in love with how real camera acting is Mm -hmm. and how like the camera doesn't lie. It's impossible to lie to a camera because it's going to see everything and it's so authentic and raw. And I fell in love with that. And I was like, you know, if I, if I go all in, if I move to LA, do this acting thing, do the roulettes, what do I have to lose? Mm -hmm. Like my life has already taken such a different direction and I was studying psychology in college, but I was like, school's always going to be there. If I want to go get my master's, if I want to go get my doctorate, I can always do that. 
But right now is the time for me to be young, pursue my dreams, and not have any, like, real adult responsibilities. Yeah, you know? like nothing holding you back, right? Yes. I mean, right? Whether that be, um, you know, your accident, whether that be a, a master's, right? Like, no, nothing's mm-hmm. going to hold me back from pursuing my dreams. Mm-hmm. So exactly. you you decided, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because now's the time. Right. Yes. Um, so did you talk this over with your, was he your fiance at the time, Alex? Or No, he was we were we graduated the same year. Um, we didn't get engaged. Well, we uh, he was planning the proposal and I had no idea at this point. Um, <laughs> and you're like, I'm was, leaving. Bye. <laughs> well, I did talk to him and I was like, I was like, I really want to do this. Like, I feel like this is my calling. Yeah. And he was at a point where his career could be anywhere. And I was like, I don't want to do this without you. And he was like, okay, let's go. That's awesome. And what did your family think too? Were they supportive as well? They were. My mom was a little bit like holding onto my leg as I left. (laughs) Um, But I know that they are really happy for me. And I still see them like all the time. Yeah. So it's... Definitely not the same, but I think our relationships, especially with my siblings, have gotten better because, mm-hmm. like, I think there's just a little bit of space you need with your a siblings. A little bit of space, yeah. Sure. <laughs> all my siblings are spread out. I'm like, hey, we've never gotten along better. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And with Zoom and, you know, all that, we can connect and see and FaceTime and all that. But so you, you make the move. You go out to L.A., um, then what, like what, what emotions were you feeling then? Cause it, now is it like a, well now what do I do kind of situation or mm-hmm. what was your, I guess your role with the role rollettes at that point? Was it a full-time situation or could you still pursue acting or what were you feeling about that of, okay, how am I going to, how's this going to work out? Yeah. So I moved, I got settled and I was still a little sis. Um, the contracts were new each year. So I knew that it would be a couple more months at least before, but since I was local and, um, because of my dance experience, work ethic, et cetera, like they were asking me to do a lot of stuff. Um, so I was still around them a lot, but I knew that the first thing I had to do was get into acting class and my manager who I've been lucky enough to be connected to through the Rolettes. Um, he was like, you just need, you just need to focus on getting really good. At, then, at acting. Yes. Okay. Got it. You need to work on your craft and then the auditions will come. The opportunities mm-hmm. will come. So I was like, okay. So then I went to get into acting class and get started on that. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And so you're, how long did it take for you to start seeing like the auditions come through and um I mean I think moving out to LA to pursue acting for anybody is uh that alone is very daunting you know Mm -hmm. because it's like so many people come to do this and so what type of emotions were you filled with when you were like okay this is gonna work this is gonna work I'm gonna you know do my commitments with the rollettes I'm gonna take my acting classes where you like when is this gonna take off for me or what was that was there fear or excitement or a little bit of both what um a little bit of everything a little Mm -hmm. bit of everything um I had booked a few commercial jobs I worked with um I did an Amazon commercial I've done I worked with UGG and um we did a commercial with the Rolettes with Target 
um, cool. recently. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I had, I like mainly lived in commercials for a while, mm-hmm. but I was like, I want to, I want to do like TV and film. Like that's what I'm really passionate about. And I'm still kind of like playing the game a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, like, like we're waiting for me to go out on something that is like really, really good mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. just kind of like continuing to put myself out there and, you know, something that might not be the right opportunity for me. I think um, we're kind of just playing the waiting game yeah. and waiting for something that is like absolutely right at the moment. So basically what we did was like instead of waiting for the right audition to come in we said we're gonna produce our own project mm. okay that's one way to do it so yeah what yeah. is what does that look like because that's a whole other ball game <laughs> yeah um a dear friend of mine who i've known since i was a child um her boyfriend is a writer so my manager was talking to me and he has this other client who's um pretty close in age to me and also is interested in acting he was like hey I want you two to do something together and I want you to have somebody write it for you and I was like well that's perfect because my friend is a writer yeah so (laughs) the stars are aligning (laughs) yeah so we kind of got together and it started out as just one scene Mm -hmm. it was going to be just one scene where me and the other guy were practicing for a dance and then he we like have a moment where we like lock eyes and then I fall out of my wheelchair. And then it kind of turned into a whole like evolved short film about like my return to dance hmm. after my injury. So it was really, really personal, but super interesting. And I learned so much just about like working with a director and working with a writer and you know, sitting there doing doing the same scene for 10 takes. Mm-hmm. Like, I learned a lot just about the whole, like, creation process, the filming process. And now we're in the editing process. Yeah. So I'm learning about that, too. You can kind of see all of the steps. So. Yes. So it's oh. really cool. It's been, like, a great learning experience for me and also just, like, really fun to be creative and express myself in that way. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, what do you think, you know, you said you learned a lot about all the, the aspects of movie making, but what did you learn about yourself during this whole, whole transition from Ohio to, uh, to LA and, and joining the role at full time and pursuing acting? I think my confidence has grown leaps and bounds. Like I know what I'm worth mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't obviously don't know what the future is going to hold. But I know that I have a lot of potential mm-hmm. and that it's that I'm going to have to work hard to get there, which every day is different. Some days that's a struggle. Some days I'm like, let's do it. But I'm learning so much just about, even just about like living on my own. This is the first time I've lived alone from my parents mm-hmm. and now learning how to be a wife and a partner my life has had so many huge transitions in the past like year year and a half but like i look at where my life was right before the accident at 20 years old and now four years later like 
I'm amazed by the woman I've become and mm-hmm. I still have so far to go. Yeah. Yeah. I know. 24. It's like, it's such a becoming time frame, especially when you, you have something so, you know, traumatic, like a, an accident that's paralyzing, you know, it gives you a lot of life experience in a short amount of time, <laughs> yeah. you know, where you kind of got to grow up faster than most people where, um, you know, other, you know, 20 year olds, 21 year olds are talking about, you know, not like just more trivial things. And you're like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm trying to learn how to, you know, live as, you know, in this, this new state and, and heal and, um, figure out my entire life, you know? So I think that just gives Mm -hmm. you so much more life experience to appreciate, you know, who you are. And do you think that's why, you know, I know a lot of, um, female struggle with self-worth do you think that the appreciation and the gratitude that you have for yourself um for for doing all these things do you think that fuels your your positive self-worth that you have for yourself i definitely think so there were there were there was the realization i had to come to that like i thought my life was going to go in one direction and now it's totally taking a right turn into this direction and i'm like that's for a reason that's not for nothing Mm -hmm. and so like I really feel like my purpose is to be a rollette to be an actress to advocate and just to be a role model to other women who they like have may have a disability may not have a disability but Mm -hmm. just to be a role model for strength and truly pursuing your dreams without any reservations that's that's what I feel like my purpose is. And I think yeah. that really feels a lot of what I do every day. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I know a lot of people don't pursue their dreams um, because of fear. So what, what would you say um, helped you overcome, you know, that fear? Or what would you say to somebody else who is struggling with that fear of, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't, I don't trust myself enough to make this big move and follow my dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I've absolutely 1,000% been there. My dream before my accident was to perform at this Summerstock Theater Company out west. And I prepared for that audition for months and months and months. And when I got there, I remember like visibly shaking because I was so stressed, not about the audition, but about the outcome. And so I would tell people, don't worry about the outcome. You go, you try. If you fail, then at least you can say you've tried. But don't don't worry about things that you can't control. And I, I still struggle with this, so I'm not going to be hypocritical and not practice what I preach because it's something that I actively work towards every day. You know, you have control over so many things in your day, so focus on that. Focus your energy on that and just make the leap because life is too short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's um, that's just so true. And it rings it rings true for me, too. I'm <laughs> the same way where, I mean, there's a million things that you can't control and, and just being able to let them go. Because, you know, if your life, you know, how would your life be different if you were just stewing over all these things that you couldn't control? Right? You mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have gone out to L.A. You probably wouldn't have um, signed up for the Rolette's uh, Zoom class even, you know. And it's yeah. just like letting go of those things is just so beautiful. And, and look at all the amazing things that you've done. Right now you've come into your purpose. And it's so funny to think of 
like I didn't even know this before this accident happened and now it's just feels so you know like right you know and and I know another Mm -hmm. thing going back to even filming and movies is uh, a big passion of yours is representation in Mm -hmm. the the film industry so what led you to want to do that what did you see that you didn't like well I remember like laying in the hospital bed and thinking about still wanting to be an actor and I was thinking about how I had only ever seen one person in a wheelchair in any realm of entertainment and that was when Ali Stroker won the Tony Award in 2019 and I was like why is that Mm -hmm. because I came to keep learning about this community that I was thrown into and I learned that Let me remember the statistic real quick. It's something like only 2% of characters on TV and film are disabled or have a disability. But of those 2%, 95% of those characters are played by able-bodied actors, non-disabled actors. Hmm. So first I was like, why are there no characters to begin with? Yeah. (laughs) And second, I was like, why are you giving these roles to non-disabled actors and obviously i know there are reasons for that but that that's an inner workings of the industry thing Mm -hmm. that those reasons can be worked around right exactly i mean you're inspiring people to still pursue a dream of hey just because i'm in a wheelchair does not mean i can't go be an actress and a performer Mm -hmm. and a dancer that's that's amazing and knowing that you know people are inspired by that they're like hey they're gonna see you and be like oh there's a place for me here right let me yes continue you know mastering my craft and you know like what your coach had said hey just get really good at what you do yeah. you know yeah hmm that's that's wild so have you um have you seen and gotten a lot of feedback from people who you've inspired like how does that feel when they reach out to you I'm sure they do yeah on social media I've seen a a lot of people like to DM me or like leave a comment mm-hmm. and it it does feel really good like to know that I'm encouraging other people to pursue their dreams but really I just love making connections mm-hmm. and social media is a beautiful way for us to form this network that like without it we would be so limited to only people in our immediate area mm-hmm. and so I think that is part of why the Rolettes has grown so much and why Rolettes is so important to so many people because you see yourself represented and you have a network of people that can motivate you and relate to you and just be your friend on a deeper level of understanding. Yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, what do you want representation to mean? Do you want, do you want more roles for people with disabilities or, or I guess, and or more, um, like, could you go after a role? You're not, you're not bound by, oh, I only have to go after a role with disabilities. Mm -hmm. I want the main character. No, she's not written in a wheelchair, but why can't Mm -hmm. she be, you know? Yes. Yes. And yes. Mm -hmm. Yes to both. So there are (laughs) these two, these two methods of casting. There's diverse casting and authentic casting. Mm -hmm. Authentic casting is casting a character within the identities that they're written as having. So racial, um, 
if they're LGBTQIA+, plus mm-hmm. in that community, disabled, non-disabled, like, that's authentic casting because you're casting somebody who has lived or is part of the community that this character is part of. Mm-hmm. And diverse casting is more like Bridgerton, where a character may not be written as a certain identity, mm-hmm. but you cast somebody who is of a different identity into that role because it doesn't matter, right? And I think that there are, there's a need for both. Um, there's a need to show people with disabilities as just living normal lives. You know, we have we have partners and we have friend drama and we have careers and mm-hmm. that's where the diverse casting comes in but then the authentic casting is more of where if somebody made a movie about my life story mm-hmm. you would want to cast somebody who uses a wheelchair and is partially or fully paralyzed because mm-hmm. they could relate more and yes and it's more authentic which mm-hmm. is what we want yeah so more more authentic casting and more authentic roles more authentic film on mm-hmm. you know I think a lot of people there's there's a taboo around you know disabilities where it's mm-hmm. like what do you think I'm doing all day <laughs> like I have a normal life too so talk to me about your journey where you felt um, that maybe people just didn't get it like did you ever feel like people felt bad for you or what where did you find your voice and and your purpose in that aspect yeah so a lot of those feelings like we all still feel like the it's hard to change the opinions of so many people right so i try Mm -hmm. to look at it as one person at a time so there was a time when somebody would comment something on one of my videos a lot a lot of what we get recently especially with the wedding is like oh he's such a good person for for staying with you after your accident in relation to my husband Mm -hmm. and (laughs) that used to make us so mad yeah I'm mad hearing that (laughs) yeah because like yes it is a lot for a 20 something kid to deal with but like he didn't just love me because my legs worked like he loved me for the person that I am and was back then Mm -hmm. and so that used to make us mad but we realized that especially me, he doesn't really have an online presence. But for (laughs) me, like approaching those comments with kindness and education over just like an angry, like snarky response is way more effective. Mm -hmm. And so there is, there are a couple of the roulettes and even more people who are ambulatory wheelchair users, meaning that they're not fully paralyzed. And so anytime one of them like moves their leg or something, people are like, oh, my God, you're faking it. And just responding to those comments with like grace, but education, because there is so much misinformation and so much ignorance out there, especially about the disability community. Mm -hmm. And especially as part of the Rolettes, like we try to educate with kindness and just understand that like when when we were not disabled, we probably didn't know anything about it either. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. How can people learn more? You know, I, I love the the social media platforms, but what else? Like, what other tools can people use to learn more about this so they they can be understanding and 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 spread awareness and and not 
I guess, I mean, is the word ignorant? Like, I think it's ignorant to a whole community of people, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's why representation does matter, you know, in the yes. big film industry, TV, you know, all that. But, I mean, what other ideas have you have you thought yeah. of? Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the best ways to learn is by following people on social media who just share about their lives because that is the most authentic version that you could get right instead of just googling something and maybe maybe that's not entirely correct or maybe it's written by somebody with a different point of view Mm -hmm. um but like by following people who are living it and sharing and open like you can learn so much and then like you said that's why we need good representation like the movie that just won best oscar coda standing that stands for child of deaf adults Mm -hmm. like the deaf community that brought so much representation for the deaf community and for people with deaf family members like Mm -hmm. that movie was so authentic and like it was a win for them and so movies like that where you're employing people with disabilities and you're casting more than one like it's not just the one cast member it's like a whole group of them Mm -hmm. like really just giving people the opportunity to use their voice yeah is so important yeah yeah and it's just it's awareness so I think um I think the film industry is definitely a can be a leader in that you know and and social media of course too but wow um no that's I, I can only imagine how hurtful it must be to read those comments. So, I mean, that in itself is, is putting yourself out there in a very vulnerable place because people on the Internet are just mean, you know. Mm-hmm. So how did you how did you get over that? I, I guess we like, I guess learn to deal with it because I think people are still mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, those Internet trolls are real. And how did you not let that affect your self-worth? It was really hard at first. Um, you know, at first I would I would see a mean comment and I would just delete it because, mm-hmm. like, I would know intellectually that it was somebody who doesn't know me at all and somebody who is forced to confront their own internalized ableism and failing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to do so. But, like, emotionally, the words still hurt, right? So I would always just, like, take a beat and remember like what what all of the nice people on the internet say to me and how yeah. like my videos positively impact other people and encourage people to follow their dreams and i think that's why you know there's the occasional mean comment but i don't really care because I'm positively impacting so many people, and that's what matters more to me. Yeah, so you're focused on all the positivity that you are bringing to the world. Yes. I think that's a great, it's a great focus, you know, and then it's going to breed more positivity, you know, and yes. um, inspire more change and, and more mm-hmm. education, you know, and I love, um, I love the response of treating everybody with kindness and with the, the intention of education, you know, yes. so um, that's awesome. Um, so let's talk about your wedding because I, yeah. I definitely wanted to talk about this. So you got married a couple months ago. September 3rd, yes. September 3rd. So it's been your first your first uh, holiday season as a married couple is coming up. Yeah. And you had a goal. I watched the video online. It's it's beautiful. Um, of walking down the aisle. 
So talk to me yes. about like why that was your goal, how hard you worked to get there. Was it a surprise? Tell me all the, all the tea. Yes. So although I knew in my heart that I didn't need to walk down the aisle because that wasn't what our relationship was about, I had always dreamed, like when I was little, I always dreamed about like walking down the aisle with my dad. And um, when I was doing my physical therapy, you know, I have the ability to um, fire up my hip flexors. So that's why I can use orthotic leg braces um, that lock out my knees. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I wanted to do that because I had seen Chelsea do it. I'd seen other women do it with maybe like an exoskeleton or something. Um, but I knew that I wanted that moment for me. I didn't want to do it for social media or for anybody else. I wanted it for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew it was going to be hard, like most things. Yeah. Um, so I trained for probably almost two years with those leg braces mm-hmm. to be able to do it because it takes a tremendous amount of upper body strength yeah. and core strength. Um, and I worked really hard at it. And like I knew... I knew I just wanted it for me. Yeah. Was it a surprise or did, did he know? <sighs> no, it's so hard to keep <laughs> things from him. Uh, and like, I don't know. He's not somebody who's very good at being surprised. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, I want to be in the like, know. <laughs> well, he just like freezes up. And I knew that like he would uh, enjoy it more if he knew it was coming. Yeah. So oh I, t- I did tell him. That's awesome. How did y'all get engaged? Was so, that a surprise or are that you, was are you also like the kind of person's like, no, I don't want to be surprised. <laughs> you know, I, I like to know for sure, mm-hmm. but I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And like, I was completely caught off guard. Like, but we were at Disney world for my birthday and I had always joked like, what if you proposed at Disney? Like in front of the castle, he was like, yeah. I would never do that. It's so public. And I was like, Ugh, fine. So, like, I literally, he, the, this man convinced me that he would never propose to me at Disney. So That's his greatest trick. I, <laughs> yes, I went into it, and we had, like, three of my friends with us, and they all knew. I didn't know. So I'm just, like, rolling through the shops. It's first thing in the morning. It's, like, 7.30 in the morning. I'm, like, shopping. And they're yeah. like, let's go to the castle. Let's take a picture. I'm like, I have a million pictures in front of the castle. Like, let's just go ride something. And then yeah. he was like, no, let's go take a picture. I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. So then I went over, and we were, like, taking pictures. He goes, I'm going to go on the other side. And I was like, okay. So then I, like, repositioned, and I turned around, and he's down on one knee. And I was like, I literally was speechless. <laughs> I've never been speechless in my life. <laughs> and he got you. He knew. He it totally was a did. For years, you, I would never do that. You could see in the photos just the utter shock <laughs> on my face. That is awesome. That's a that's a good surprise right there. I think I it mean, was a great. That's surprise. some good planning right there. You know, like oh, I would never do that. I would never. So you're just mm-hmm. like, of course. But and then you ended up getting exactly kind of like this engagement that you um, had planned and and like or dreamed of. You know, so yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, good for him. Good job, Alex. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job. Oh. And then, did y'all get married in Ohio or LA? Or we did get married in Cleveland. Mm, um, okay, got it. Because all of our family is still there. So yeah, cool. It was nice. Awesome. Did you go on honeymoon? Not yet. We're going in January after the holidays. Oh, nice. Where are you going? We're going on a cruise. Um, nice. So we're going to like Catalina and Ensenada and 
Nice. He's never been on a cruise, so that's exciting. Yeah, I've actually never been on a cruise either. So, but I feel like it would be something that I would like because it just sounds really relaxing. So it is. Uh, that'd be awesome. So you know, what's next for you? What's next? What's your next next boundless move? Um, you know, we want to support this this movement of um, everybody can be boundless. So talk to me, I guess, just a little bit about what that means to you and, and what's next for you. Yes. So. Boundless Babe kind of came to be. It was something that Chelsea maybe said, like, one-off. And that mm-hmm. it kind of just took off, and it became, like, this big campaign where, um, you know, the term wheelchair-bound mm-hmm. is used quite frequently in the media, and that always bothered them and now me and us because we're not bound to our wheelchairs. Like, I can get up and sit on the couch if I want to. Like... Mm-hmm. And we can do so many different things like biking and skiing and swimming and all kinds of things. We're not like glued to this chair. And so that's where Boundless came from. Love that. And so Boundless to me means just unapologetically like reaching for whatever it is that you want, reaching for your dreams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, despite your disability or whatever roadblocks you have holding you back. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Boundless. Um, what do you think are imperative things that you need just like internally to, to be boundless? Um, I think you need a goal. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. I think you need you know, you don't have to be like super confident, but you need to, you need to have something driving you forward, like mm-hmm. internally. Yeah. Um, you need to have like knowledge that you can get there. Or you can at least try. And I think you just need to want it. You just need to want it bad enough because yeah. that's like most of the battle. Yeah. That's super inspiring (laughs) you're inspiring me to like leave this podcast interview and go do all these things (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome um you gotta you gotta want it you know and and if you do then nothing holds you back you know yeah absolutely what do you think um I guess internally would be a big challenge that you see um women overcoming or struggling with or something that you personally over overcame or struggled with to, to be boundless? Um, that's a good question. I think, like I said before, all the what ifs, it's so easy to get caught up in like, well, what if, what if this doesn't happen? Or what if this doesn't happen? And especially with acting, like there's so many auditions that come in and you like, you have to want it, but you can't get too attached to it, Mm -hmm. to a certain role. Yeah. Because there's so many other factors than you, right? So I've kind of learned to approach it as like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to enter the mind of this character for a couple days, couple hours, however long I have until I have to submit it. Yeah. And then I just release it. Mm-hmm. And I if it's that. meant to be, it'll come back. Yeah. And it kind of goes, uh, you, you mentioned your story about um, when you were going out to audition where you were so worried about the outcome, like the results of... Um, mm-hmm. the one audition, right, versus the experience of it. And one of the one of my favorite mantras that literally has changed my life is releasing the outcome. I release the outcome, 
right? Because again, that goes back to what your point is uh, of you can't control it, you know? Right. And focusing on that thing that you can control and then releasing the outcome and, and it's beautiful. If it's if it's meant to be yours, it will be yours. Mm-hmm. You know, what's for you will find you. And yeah. um, it, it comes in strange ways sometimes, you know? And, yeah. but just um, taking it head on and believing in yourself. I think that's awesome. So yeah, I love that releasing the outcome. Mm-hmm. I love that. I've released the outcome. Yes, I, I do mm-hmm. that all the time, <laughs> multiple times a day where I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, no, I'm getting too much in my head again, like all the what ifs, yeah. what am I trying to control? It's like, no, I release the outcome. And then when you release the outcome, you actually can enjoy it more. You know, yeah. you actually enjoy the experience more. Because, you know, I, I would always get caught up in, well, this isn't fun because I'm so worried about the outcome. So mm-hmm. why am I doing it? Because it's taking away the fun of the moment, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here today. This was um, absolutely, absolutely uh, inspirational. Um, you know, the moment I saw y'all in, in L.A., I was like, oh. They have to be on my podcast. So, like, Josie, thank Aww. you so much. And, and I, I loved your story um, and your continued story. And we wish you the most success in L.A. You're going to be famous and, you know, waving at us from the PJ, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you, do you have plans to stay in L.A.? For the time being, mm-hmm. yes. You want to stay yeah. there? And, and Alex is getting uh, – he's getting – accustomed to it and likes it too yes he does awesome cool well we wish yeah. the absolute best i can't wait to see thank what's you. next on your journey um, thank you so much people you know are so inspired by you where can they find you what is the easiest way to where where should we send them instagram or tiktok or yes instagram and or tiktok is at josie scott awesome amazing um and then we'll be seeing you in movies soon and all the things hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> yeah do you have any universe. do you have any like, big um auditions coming up not that i know of but those things could always come in at any moment so yeah okay well we will be expecting good things <laughs> uh, for you um Thank and, you. and with you and i guess that'll lead us into our our final uh you know our, our little uh Indiana, I guess we'll call it, you know, we believe, we both believe that you can create your life. You are creating your fate. And Josie, you are so, you know, you're so young, but you're so like an old soul, like vibes where you just, you're just so (laughs) grounded and so inspirational. And just thank you for, for sharing your gift and your purpose with us and with others. Um, I'm so excited to see the amazing things that you do and that you will continue to do. Um, so if we can say our ending together, if you are, if you are ready for it, so I'll, I'll do a a countdown, a three, two, one. Um, so, you know, Josie is amazing. And if we could absolutely leave you just one lasting little thing, it would be this. It is three, two, one. (laughs) Expect Expect good good things. things. Always. always and they will and they will happen. happen yeah see you you nailed that you you're gonna make it big in hollywood babe well thank, thank you. you so much for having me oh my this god this was really fun thank awesome. you well thank you and we will you know go check out josie um and all of her amazing things and we will talk to y'all later 